It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less, and don't anyone ever rip you off. Our websites are clark.com and clarkdeals.com. So this is in the no-deal category. Hulu is the latest to push through a huge price increase in monthly streaming. YouTube, I'm sorry, Hulu matched YouTube in a bad way as YouTube TV has gone over the years from 35 a month, that's when I originally signed up for it, to now 65 a month, and now Hulu is 65 a month. And they all will tell you where their lineups are so much better better than they used to be so that's why you should be so happy that they've raised prices to 65 now the hulu story though is more complicated because hulu although they no longer have a free version hulu has the inexpensive service that gets you uh like their back catalog of programming that remains really really inexpensive And so that did not change. It's like $6 a month, if I remember right. And then, yeah, $5.99. And then if you want no ads, it's $11.99. Is they keep their back catalog streaming older movies, older shows, and all that. uh, Try to keep it with a price competitive edge over Netflix, who also raised prices recently. What's happened is that the Monopoly cable companies' video uh, packages basically are in full decline. And so the streaming services don't have as much need to lose money on their video packages, which they were selling them at big losses to try to attract new subscribers. But the thing is... Not everybody needs or wants the huge live programming availability that is 65 a month. So know this at Clark.com. I want you to go look at our guide that we've just updated that shows you all the choices available for TV starting at 10 bucks a month. Uh, for 20 bucks a month, you can get a decent channel lineup from Philo. At 30 bucks a month, you can get a more complete channel lineup from Sling. And so you've got options that will keep you far, far, far cheaper than where the market leader YouTube TV is or their competitor Hulu with the live TV so that you can hold that cost of television down And the big thing with the ones that you really save money on, it's for people who don't really care about sports to get the cheaper packages. David's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, David. Hi, Clark. How are you doing? Great. Thank you, David. How can I be of service to you? Well, I want to talk to you about a Tesla, but first I want to also thank you because I was just listening, and as a school educator, uh, we don't have many options, and I make too much money for a Roth, so it, it saddens me. I have a 403B, but I'm probably paying those 
those high expenses and, and wish there was something else for us to do. But I appreciate you getting it out there. So um, for you as a teacher who out earns what you can do to do a Roth IRA, you can still, with a little bit of extra work, you can do what's known as the backdoor Roth. Can we only do like 7000 a year? And I 7000 yeah. Is it better to do that than to put the 20-some thousand that we can put into our 403B pre-tax? Well, fantastic that you're doing that much. And it's a hard one because with the 403B, you're going to be handcuffed to it. You know, because of the surrender charges, you're going to have to, when you retire, you're going to have to make a choice in moving that money and, and taking the pain of the surrender charges to get out from under the high fees. The only other thing you could do is give up being able to put money aside pre-tax. There's no match on your 403B? or is There's there not. There's no. no match. You could open a regular investment account and put the money into straight index funds. Well, if you mm-hmm. did that with Fidelity, you'd pay zero. You know, they have the Fidelity zero funds, no commissions, no management fees. And the tax treatment of index funds is favorable enough that it would probably over time net you more money, even though you'd be using after-tax dollars, than getting the upfront tax deduction doing the 403B. That's how awful 403B plans are. I'm going to look into that. appreciate it. Sure. So you said Tesla is what you're actually calling about. What about it? I'll make it quick. I've been uh, looking at a Tesla for about a year. I own a car that self-drives, um, and I don't have to put my hands on the wheel, but I keep hearing that you have to keep your hand on the wheel for our autonomous driving. I'm wondering, have you heard, is that going to change? Because of like my Cadillac, they allow me to not touch the wheel, and yet I hear if I buy this Tesla, I'm going to have to keep my hand on it. All right. The Cadillac system is novel and brilliant. For people who aren't aware, it only works on roads that Cadillac, divided highways that Cadillac has mapped. And if you live in an area and you drive typically on roads that Cadillac has mapped, then the self-drive system on the Cadillac is extraordinarily great. And all you have to do is you have to be looking ahead because it reads your eye movement, as you know. Correct. And if it works for you in terms of the roads that are covered, it'll be a superior self-drive to what you'd have with the Tesla. So the Tesla, you do have to keep your hand on. The the thing I like about the Tesla is I can drive it to work. My work is all back roads. It's about a 50-minute commute. When I'm on the highway, it's wonderful with the Cadillac, but it's not doing what I need to get to work. So with the Tesla, I could probably still have it self-drive, but my hand would have to be on the wheel is what you're saying. Yeah, so what happens with the Tesla, every approximately every two minutes, you have to give the steering wheel a little nudge, and it gives you a warning on the dash when you have to do that again so if you're in very heavy traffic they'll do it more often if it doesn't sense a lot of traffic is usually how long's your commute how many minutes about 50 so you, you said that so you would like 25 times typically you would have to give the steering wheel a little nudge okay and the advantage of the tesla system is a road doesn't have to be mapped their system It's designed to follow the lines on the road. Now, if the roads you ride on have very poor paint jobs for the lines, the Tesla can't do its thing. But if the roads are very well lined 
then it's pretty close to flawless. Well, that's been very helpful. Thank you. Sure, and I, I'm glad you're going to look at that thing about the 403B also because you very well may find that you're going to net a much more comfortable future doing the zero-cost index funds than doing the 403B because index funds throw off so little taxable problem each year. Mary is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mary. How are you doing? Hi, Clark. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you. I've listened to you for so long, and it's just an honor to get on here to talk to you. So thank thank you very much for taking my call. Well, it's great to have you here, but I hate the circumstances you're calling me about. It's a conundrum here. I recently um, have a long-term care policy that I've been paying into for about 14 years, so I have about $45,000, and I've never tapped it at all. And about uh, two years ago, they increased it about 30 to 35 percent, and now this year they just contacted me to let me know it's going to go up almost 80 percent. So um, I'm, they gave me some options, and I guess my question to you is, well, let me also say that I can pay this right now. I, you know, I don't have any, any really specific health issues that are costing me a lot of money, thank God. So I can pay the extra money, but They do give you some options. I could keep the current coverage and pay the premium increase. How much is the premium with the massive increase per year? $6,678. And how much benefit does the current option offer you? The current option offers me the daily maximum benefit of $297 a day, Three years benefit period. I have an inflation compound, 5% inflation protection, and then an elimination period of 90 days. Okay. I don't even need to hear the other options. If you can afford the $6,600 premium, Mm -hmm. do it because the benefit for you is so gigantic. I mean, think about three years of payment, not even counting the inflation adjustment, if you needed long-term care, I mean, we're talking huge money here that they would be paying you. The benefit they would pay you would be approximately $325,000 against a premium of $6,678. And the reason that the premiums are going up so much is when they sold you this policy forever ago... They messed up. They calculated the use of these policies wrong, and the usage is so much higher, and people are living longer and not as healthy as the actuaries that the insurance companies calculated. So that's what happened. And so your premium uh, two years ago was, I'm gathering based on what you told me, it was like 2500 and now it'll be 6600 was that about right? It, I think I paid eighteen hundred every six months. Oh, okay. So, All right. it's, so it's, it's not quite overall doubled, but it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So, if you can handle paying what's essentially five hundred and something every month towards long-term care policy, hold on as long as you can. Thank so, you so much, uh, Clark. I just appreciate so much what you do. I really trust your advice, and 
It's a commodity that seems to be in short supply these days. So uh, thank you very much. God bless you. Well, thank you. And you were so kind to say that we are in a time that people don't know who to trust and don't trust institutions. I believe that there's a lot more trustworthy organizations and people out there than we really give uh, society credit for. But I appreciate that I have earned your trust. Daniel's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Daniel. How you doing? Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. How can I serve you, Daniel? I have a question about prepaid credit cards. What would be a good way to go with that? Or would it be better off just to open up a checking savings account and getting a card through a bank or a credit union? Well, first of all, whatever you'd have today would have to have a Green Bay Packers logo on it, right? Absolutely. You're from Wisconsin. So the answer to the question is, uh, let me several angles to it. First, if someone is eligible for USAA membership, doing an account through them would be great. Anybody who prior military had family that could make them eligible. But if somebody's not putting a lot of money into one, my favorite is the Bluebird card. Okay. You ever heard of Bluebird? It's from American Express. Yeah, I have heard of that. Uh, Bluebird.com is a great place to go to avoid all the normal junk banking fees. But the other thing that has given Bluebird a real run for its money are all these online banks that offer no-fee checking accounts, really pioneered heavily by Ally Bank. But now there are a bunch of them that offer no fooling, no junk fee, no gotcha fee checking accounts. So no minimum balances. So you can have an account for your walking around money, your spending money, and have a uh, no fee debit card tied to it. And, you know, I'm always nervous about debit cards. But this is a case that it may be, well, somewhat okay. Right, and I've always been nervous about the debit cards also. I, I would r- much rather use a credit card. Well, yeah, credit cards are far preferable. But if you're looking for a no-fee account, Bluebird is the simplest, and it works for so many people. Thomas is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Thomas, you think you're a year or two away from buying a home. How can I be of service to you with that? Sure. Thanks for taking my call. Um, So right now I have the down payment or most of the down payment sitting in stocks. And so I know it's not the best idea to have it in stocks, but I've gotten a 13% return over the last couple of years on it. So I'm wondering, should I just liquidate it and move it into like a CD or like a bond or something like that? Well, know that when you liquidate, you're going to have capital gains tax. You're going to have a tax bill on doing that. But you do if you're planning to buy a home in one to two years, you do not want the money you're going to use for that home in stocks because stocks are too volatile in the short term and put you at too much risk. So it would make sense for you to move money into either a money market account, a uh, depending on your tax bracket, a tax-free municipal bond fund, or into just one of the online banks, the best savings rates you can get. Gotcha. Okay, cool. I can do that. Do you have a sense what kind of um, tax bracket you're in? Like what kind of annual income you would guess you have? Uh, yeah, I'm probably in the 24% tax bracket. Okay, so 24%. You're probably fine in regular old savings accounts. 
And if you go to bankrate.com, right on the front screen, there's a button for best savings rates. You can click on it, go past the ones that are their ad ones that people pay ads for placement, and then you'll see the list of the best rates in the country on savings. Fantastic. And the interest rate, I should tell you, the interest rate on those things can change daily. They've been going down, but it's still much better than you're going to do at any traditional bank on FDI-insured savings available to you as you need it. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you have. Our websites are Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com. So I got to make sure you were aware of a really scammy thing going on right now. We are in the midst of open enrollment for healthcare, many employers having their open enrollment for their employer plans, and individuals that buy coverage through the um, what some people still refer to as the Obamacare exchange, healthcare.gov. Some states have their own exchanges you go to. Those plans have moderated in price of late. Most states have actually seen prices really not move much at all, or in weirdly, in a number of cases, even as health care costs have gone up, the costs have actually declined a little. But even with that, buying a policy that is what's known as fully compliant, that covers pre-existing conditions, that doesn't exclude things like if you come down with a cancer or heart trouble or diabetes or whatever, those policies are incredibly expensive. If you don't qualify for a subsidy of your plan based on your income, you're paying that full cost, which is humongous. But beware and wary of people out there running fake ads a lot on social media and on the internet for what they're calling Trump care plans. USA Today found that these posts are everywhere there actually is no such thing as trump care plans and it's a false way to get people to click who think they're buying a real full health care plan these are not these things that are being peddled as trump care are plans that are allowed to exclude pre-existing conditions. They're supposed to be for a temporary short-term need that was originally defined as 90 days, but now are able to be sold in an annual cycle. They are allowed to exclude whatever conditions they wish and have tight limits on what they pay. The premiums will be very, very cheap, but they come in a category that I refer to as junk health plans. They have nothing to do with President Trump. It's just that marketeers are using his name and the fake phrase Trump Care as a way to market them and know that what you're buying is not real health coverage. What is true is if you don't qualify for a subsidy on healthcare.gov, 
these will be very, very inexpensive, relatively speaking. But remember, they don't have to cover pre-existings, and they don't have to cover any condition they don't want to have to cover. And after a certain amount of money, you can run out of coverage regardless. So be very wary and careful and alert. Arlen is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Arlen. Hello, Clark. Appreciate you taking my call. Well, great to have you here. You have an investment question for me, don't you? Yes, sir. A friend suggested putting money in a life insurance retirement plan or LERP. Uh, If what he says is factual, a LERP seems too good to be true. Is a LERP a good idea or mostly just a scam? Well, it's not a scam, but it is not something that is too good to be true. Tell me exactly what you were told about why a life insurance retirement plan would be great for you to do. Uh, the general gist was it would provide a guaranteed return in a, in a range, and then when I pull the money out later while I'm collecting Social Security, it would be tax-free and not count as income uh, when they're calculating the taxability of Social Security. All right. So these these have been hot in the last year in various flavors, including various indexed annuity products. And so people are looking for safety. And that's where these pitches are coming from. But right. what you're told is that it's stock investing without risk. And let me deal with that part first. So the insurance company in return for you giving them money in uh, various forms of life insurance or annuities that they say that if the market collapses, we guarantee that you'll get back at least what you put into it. That's kind of what you've been told, right? Yeah, well, and and they say I'm going to get a type of return as well. Okay, so on the return, what they do is each year you get only a portion that is capped of the return in the market. So the market tends to gyrate. So if uh, the market will go up large amounts in very short periods of time and typically in a year, and then... Um, it's a very infrequent thing that you have a big run-up in a year. But you only get a tiny portion of that, and you don't get the credit for dividends, which historically dividends, depending on the time period you look at, are a third to a half of the actual stock market return. So it's a simulation of the stock market more than it really is the stock market. The idea of it is that it eliminates downside risk if you jump through all the hoops required and there are several rules that each of them have in extremely long legalistic contracts about what things you have to do and when you have access to money and how much of it you have access to to be able to benefit from the no loss guarantee the other thing is you're, you're stuck in it for a good while. But the biggest thing you said is that you get the money tax-free, right? Correct. How did they tell you you got the money tax-free? It's like an overfunded life insurance plan. You borrow money from your own policy. 
Right. So with life insurance, one of the benefits that Congress permits is you can borrow against the cash value of a life insurance policy and you don't pay tax on the money you've pulled out unless you never pay it back and then potentially there's tax involved. So these are very, very behind the scenes. They're very expensive policies to own. The underlying costs in them and commissions and expenses are gigantic. And so you have to know that's part of the drill. And then the rules and restrictions on when you have access to the money are very, very stringent. You got to know exactly what those are. So they these are not something that's like, what could ever go wrong? Or uh, this sounds like the greatest thing ever. And that's how they're pitched. But it's not really an accurate picture. So it is kind of a scam. It's not a scam. <laughs> it definitely is not a scam. It's just they are over-promised and they under-deliver. And there are restrictions on them that are very significant and important that you have to know, not what the salesperson pitches, but what's in the contract is all the law cares about. Jonathan joins us on the Clark Howard Show. So, Jonathan, how can I be of service to you? Because you have actually a great problem to have. It is. It's a good problem. So uh, my wife and I, we, we contribute the maximum to our 401ks. Uh, and we take that whatever leftover money we have and we put it into our Roth IRAs. And this year, we're bumping up on the threshold of the income limits for contributing to Roth IRAs. And we're not positive where we're going to land because it depends on our bonuses, which we are not sure what we'll be getting. So my question is, as I'm looking at the penalties for contributing to a Roth IRA, um, if you exceed those income limits, to me, it almost makes sense like it would be worth it to pay a one-time fine or penalty to the IRS right now as that money grows over 30 years. So my question is, if we are above those income limits, should I contribute to a Roth IRA anyways and pay a fine now nope. or not contribute? Actually, there's a third way, too. So do either you or your wife have a traditional IRA that you funded? No, we don't. Great. So you are both eligible to do a weirdo, obscure kind of IRA known as a non-deductible IRA. There's no income limit restrictions on doing a non-deductible IRA. Now, here's a loophole in the law that Congress has never closed. You can each put 6000 a year into a non-deductible IRA. And by the way, sometimes when you talk to financial houses, they won't even know what you're talking about. But okay. a non-deductible IRA is basically an IRA that you can't take a deduction on your taxes, and it doesn't qualify like a Roth does to not be taxed again. Your earnings are ultimately taxed. But... Once you put your $6,000 into the non-deductible IRA, you are allowed to reclassify it as Roth money. So it's really dumb. It's like, it's known as the backdoor Roth. It should not, if they're going to have income limits on a Roth, you shouldn't be able to do the backdoor Roth. But you're allowed to do it 
And it's just one additional step, and it will cost you nothing. Okay, so that that could be done through uh, Charles Schwab or Fidelity. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So you you put money, and it needs to be separate from if you already have Roth accounts for each of you. The money has to go into a separate account for a non-deductible IRA unless Schwab or Fidelity has another way to accomplish this. And the money goes into it, and then you reclassify it as Roth money. Okay. Is there a chance legislation could change that in the next few years? It could, but it would not affect people who'd already done a backdoor Roth. Okay. And if you go do uh, whatever search engine you use, if you or your wife went online and you searched backdoor Roth as a term, you'll find good explanations about how they work. Okay. And how they help you avoid the income limits that exist on a Roth IRA. Okay. So the Great. the first question was the most important. Neither of you have a traditional IRA. When you have a traditional IRA, it's a roadblock on doing this. Since you don't okay. have that as a problem, you're you're free and clear to go do that. Great. And congratulations to both of you on your success in the workplace with what you're earning and also that you're of such a mind to save money for your future. And if you want to save more than what we're talking about with maxing out your 401ks, maxing out, in this case, the backdoor Roth, you could, in addition, open an investment account where you put money in with Fidelity or Schwab. Fidelity, they have the zero funds where you could put money in index funds that you pay no commissions and no ongoing fees or at Schwab, they have index funds that cost like nothing also, but not quite nothing. And the tax treatment of money in those is ultra favorable to you over the years. Not as good as a Roth IRA, but still good. Right. So there are lots of ways that you can get that money aside and build for your future. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Victoria is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Victoria. Hi. Victoria, you have a question about jewelry. Now, what yes. would make you think I'd know anything about jewelry? Because you've been talking about all these lab diamonds. That's getting me all scared. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. They are the future. You know, because yeah. think about it. I mean, isn't it weird that in a laboratory, they can make a diamond that's perfect every time of any size and make it chemically identical 
to a diamond dug out of the earth. Yes, it's insane. So are you wondering if you should be buying these or what are you thinking? So I have a diamond, obviously it has sentimental value, but it makes me think that with all these new lab diamonds, there's no difference. And wouldn't that depreciate the value of my current diamond? It, it's not happened here in the United States yet, but it's happening some overseas where the market proliferating with the lab diamonds that are chemically identical has really started to impact the traditional diamond market for diamonds dug out of the ground. But here's the thing. A diamond that you have already is not worth anything like what you paid for it. You know, diamonds depreciate much faster and by a much greater amount than like a car when you buy it. And diamonds are a lifestyle purchase. So you can't think of a diamond in any way, shape, form, or fashion is like an investment. So when you have an appraiser look at your diamond, how would they know if it's a mine diamond or a lab diamond? Is there a difference in worth still? Okay, so this is so weird. I was talking with a diamond seller, (laughs) and what he said is that his guess was the way they would know that it was a lab diamond was it would be too perfect. Hmm. You know, because the ones dug out of the earth are going to have occlusions and the color's not going to be perfect. And the lab diamonds are so flawless that that would be what might tip off a graduate gemologist to what's a lab one versus what's one dug out of the earth. Okay. So I should just keep my diamond and just. You should enjoy your diamond if it has (laughs) sentimental value to you and you enjoy it. And in the future, as the lab diamonds take steadily more market share because the price point differences and you want another piece of jewelry, maybe you buy one of these and see what you think of it. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So there's going to be, at least for a while, there's going to be two markets in the United States. There's going to be the traditional engagement market where people will probably continue to buy dug-out-of-the-earth diamonds, but then there's going to be a wider jewelry market that people wear jewelry for special occasions or whatever that will steadily gravitate towards the lab-created diamonds. At least that's my guess where things are headed, Victoria. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.